Psalm 103. We'll begin reading verse number 1. 103rd Psalm. The Word of God says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger, and he's plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for a man, his days are as grass, and as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto his children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful music already. Lord, our heart's been encouraged, Lord, through the singing. Lord, just thinking about your goodness. and Lord, thinking about your mercy and thinking about your love this morning. Father, we have so many reasons to praise you. And Lord, I pray this morning as we look at this text, God, I pray that you would teach us. Father, I pray that you would help us like only you can, Lord. I thank you for our church, Lord. Uh, I pray, God, that you would just bless everything that's said and done this morning. We'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. This psalm that we're going to look at this morning is a psalm of David, and if you uh, study the book of Psalms, it's not all written by David. This specific psalm, though, is written by him. We don't know much about the background of this psalm. We do know that it's a song of praise, it's a psalm of worship, and it's a psalm of reflection. Now, there's two different thoughts concerning what David was going through um, when he wrote this. Now, a lot of his psalms, you could line up with part of his life or a part of his story. This specific psalm, we don't, ask, we don't know when necessarily that it was written and what the circumstances were. We most believe that he was probably an older man being reflective on two different things. Man, the God's grace for the children of Israel and for the world since the, the fall to where David is now. And then also God's grace of, in David's life. David had been through some things. And I think sometimes we forget as we read these that David, listen, he had struggled not only 
really struggled. He had dove head in into some sin uh, along the way. He had fallen, if you will. But I'm thankful that, listen, just because we get knocked down doesn't mean we're knocked out. Listen, you don't, uh, one preacher said it this way, you don't have to win every round to win the fight. And here, David is an old man, and he's reflecting on the history of Israel and God's mercy. He's reflecting on his life and God's mercy. Now, I don't know about you, but I love talking and hearing stories from old timers. Anybody else like that? Man, I love it. I love hearing stories about different seasons of life and different things. I I like being around old preachers sometimes and just hearing the stories of God's grace and how God provided. And I I like being around uh, I like being around some old men sometimes and hear them lie in their hunting stories. Somebody help me this morning. I like that. I like hearing those stories. Man, stories are awesome. Hearing about the past, reflecting on life lessons. Old war stories. I like talking to veterans and hearing those stories, uh, maybe that they were at war. But here in our text, this is what this is. This is a reflect, this is a reflection maybe of life and a testimony of an old man. Many times as you're talking to an old man and he's reflecting and telling stories about his life, he tells those stories with passion and maybe with a tear in his eye. Man, the memories Man, of that story and how you've come through and how you've made, you know, you've gone through life. And, man, there was times, if you've lived life and you're older, there's times when you didn't know how you are going to make it and God brought you through. Man, there was health issues and, man, there was uh, times of, 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 of being, you know, not knowing how you're going to pay the bills or times where it felt like defeat. And, man, but God came through and there was victories. Man, the testimonies of the goodness of God. I love hearing them. They are good reminders for us. By the way, it's good for us as older as we get older to make sure we're sharing with the next generation the stories about how God has worked, how God's done great things. I think one of the failures, one of our failures is not communicating to the young people in this next generation where God brought us from and what God's done in our lives and what we've seen God do. Those stories of in your life, and let me just say this as we dive into this text, the things that God's allowed you to go through in your life, they're for a purpose and they're for a reason. We need to share those with somebody and talk about, man, this is where we were and it looked like all hope was gone, but God brought us through. Man, we were going through, we were going through some issues financially, but God helped us. Man, we went through some disappointments in our marriage, but God helped us through it. Man, we had some times and seasons in our Christian life that were those desert places where it seemed like God was intangible. But man, God, (laughs) that same God of the mountaintop taught me that He's the same God in the valley. Man, the reflective nature of us as humans is a good thing to think about. Man, the goodness of God. Now, if you've lived life, you understand life is full of seasons, isn't it? I mean, I love this changing of the seasons, except for allergies. Somebody help me this morning. I mean, I love as the leaves begin to change. And we go transition from summer into fall. I mean, I love it. It's awesome. I mean, the, uh, you know, the pumpkin spice, some of you jokers love that stuff. You know, everybody starts pumpkin spice. But, I mean, we, fire's outside. Chilly. Somebody praise God this morning. It's chilly season. Somebody, that'll make a Baptist and whatever you are shout this morning, Okay changing of the seasons and I like that I love the transition from summer to fall now I don't so much love the transition from fall to winter I wish it would stay November the entire year like that would be awesome I mean hunting season all the time somebody say amen right there 
right? Chili all the time, you know, uh, pumpkin spice all the time, <laughs> you know. I don't like the season when it changes from, from, from fall to winter. I do like as it goes from winter to spring. It's a good season. Then I kind of like it, and I don't really like when it goes from spring to summer. Eh, you know, I'd rather never see you in flip-flops. Somebody help me this morning. You know, like nobody wants to see your toes. You ever thought about this before? Like, I'm sorry. I hate summer, okay? It's hot. It's nasty. Okay, it's a season that I don't like. Now, life, right, life is seasons. It ain't always good. Seems like it's bad sometimes. Things, churches go through seasons. Your life, your marriage goes through seasons. You go through seasons with your kids. It's always changing. Life's always changing. But there's some things that don't change. And that's what we're going to look at in this psalm this morning. For the believer, even when the season changes, even when things aren't going well, even when Ecclesiastes put it this way. Let me, let me read this. To everything, there is a season, Ecclesiastes 3. A time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. He wasn't Baptist, okay? <laughs> they, they say don't, they, the old Baptist preachers used to preach against fornication because it would lead to dancing. Somebody help me this morning. Y'all didn't catch that. You, the Methodists in the middle don't know what I'm talking about, okay? A time, a, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace time to refrain from embracing, time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Here's the point. Life is always changing. There's different times. There's different seasons. But I'm thankful to report to you this morning as the psalmist reports to us that even though life brings different seasons, even though life brings different struggles, even though life brings different victories, there's one thing this morning that's constant, unchanging, and unwavering. And listen to me, church, this morning on what it is. It's the goodness of God. In every season, good and bad, God is still good. David had some seasons that were bad. Many had some self-inflicted storms. You ever had one of those? Many had some of those. He had some storms that were inflicted by someone else. And he spent much of his life, as we studied in 1 Samuel, hiding in caves, running. Man, he, he spent much of his life probably mentally dealing with sin because of his issue with Bathsheba. Man, he spent much of his life, I mean, he had some good days and he had some bad days. And I want us to look at this reflection from this old man who had lived life and been through some things. In Psalm 103, man, he could teach us something, something that we could all stop and think about no matter what season of life that we are in. Let's work through this text, and then I want to give you three things to take home this morning. This, is, this, is, this, this passage, I'm just telling you this week, ministered to my soul, and I hope it'll help you this morning. Look at verse number one. You got your Bibles open? Bless the Lord. O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
First thing that he says in this psalm is bless the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that we're blessing him in the way that we might think God is blessing us. It simply means this. We are showing honor and praise and worship. He says, listen, worship the Lord. He says, all that is within me, worship the Lord. And he's going to tell us why we need to worship. And can I just say this this morning? If you don't feel comfortable worshiping, you need to get a grip on this text this morning. As you, as you see it, I'm just telling you. If you understand what we're about to talk about, it don't make it hard to sing. It doesn't make it hard to lift a hand. It doesn't make it hard to shout. By the way, if you're uncomfortable worshiping now, how do you think you're going to feel in eternity? I just want to tell you, when you think about the goodness of God, hey, it, it's something inside of you begins to stir. You say, Jake, what are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse number 2. Bless the Lord, worship the Lord, Oh, my soul. Look at this. This is awesome. And forget not, notice these next two words, his benefits. So he says this, I worship the Lord because there's some benefits that come along with God being my Savior. And notice there's a colon here. So what he's going to say, he's going to say, there's some benefits. And here are those benefits from the Lord. Look at it. You got your Bibles? Look at it. Verse number three. Who, are y'all seeing this? This is the first reason right here. Who forgiveth? All, not some, not those little sins that people would say. Are y'all seeing this? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Listen, the first reason that he says, and you're going to see it all through this text, and maybe you don't have a reason to bless the Lord this morning because you don't know who you really are, and you're not honest with yourself, but I know myself, and I know my sin this morning, and I know what I deserve this morning, and I'm thankful this morning that God, as we sang earlier, could, could, is anybody awake in here, could forgive a wretch like me? Sometimes we think he died for everybody else's sin. I got some news for you this morning. He didn't just die for everybody else's sin. Y'all listen to me. He died for your sin. That's the reason I can lift my hands and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You, man, you forgive. You, you know me, yet you forgive me. Man, isn't that awesome? And then look at this. Who healeth all thy diseases. Man, he's the one that heals. He forgives and he heals. Look at verse 4. Who redeemeth my life from what? From destruction. How many of you remember when your life was a mess? Yet God took that messy thing and he redeemed it for his glory. <laughs> Man, that's... Oh, preacher, I don't know if I, I... I just don't have anything to sing about. Gaga maggot this morning. If Listen, if you're sitting in here this morning, there's some of us in here this morning that we're on a... Listen, we were on a slick road to nowhere. And God redeemed that mess. He took that life that was broken, that was ugly, that was terrible. Man, and listen, if you would have went back, and I'm just sharing a little bit of my, where God's done with me. Man, if you would have asked my high school teachers if Jake Potter would have been a preacher, you know what they would have said? He may be in jail someday, but he ain't going to be a preacher. That's the facts this morning. Man, but here's the thing. God can take, God can take a mess and he can make it beautiful. Think about who's writing here. David, a fornicator, an adulterer, a killer. Bless the Lord, oh my. They, God forgave David's sin just like he forgives that little sin you think you commit. By the way, that's why we should forgive others. Somebody help me this morning. Some of us got a higher standard than God does. <laughs> look at it. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. And look at this. And crowneth thee with what? Loving kindness. And tender mercies, look at verse 5, 
who satisfies thy mouth with good things. He says, why should we praise him? Listen, first of all, because he's forgiven you. Man, he, he's, got, he's given you benefits. He's a healer. Look at, look at the text. He's redeemed your life from destruction. Man, he's given you mercy and loving kindness. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Hey, many of us were searching for satisfaction in all the wrong places until we figured out that he's the one that satisfies. And aren't you thankful for that this morning? He's been so good to us. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He's saying this. He satisfies us and then he ends up strengthening, it, strengthening us. Look at verse 6. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Now if you remember, the children of Israel, their life was just like ours. It was a cycle. It was sin. They'd be judged by God. He would show them mercy. They would end up repenting. He would restore them, and guess what they would do again? They would sin. They would experience judgment. They would rep- is everybody trying? It was a vicious cycle. He's reminding them of that. And then look at verse 8. This is awesome. The Lord is merciful. I mean, why should I praise him this morning? He's merciful. And I love this next one. He is slow to anger. Listen, he is not, he's not that overreacting God. He's not that overreacting Father that's annoyed with us. No, he's slow to anger. That carries the idea of this, and I'm thankful for this, aren't you? That he's patient with us. You ever been impatient with your children? <laughs> huh? Yes, you have. I mean, they, you ever been in the car? Like when they're little, really little, and they're, they're you know, we always act like they're so cute. I know what goes on behind closed doors. You get in that car, you know, in front of everybody, they're the cutest thing in the world till that door shuts and they won't shut up, right? They ask questions, why, about everything. Or here's my favorite one, and Sarah says, I still ask this all the time, are we there yet when we're going somewhere? You know, would you shut up, you know? We get impatient with them. Anybody ever overreacted on their kids? Man, I've had those moments before where with Caitlin, where I should have been a loving, gracious, patient father. Man, I overreacted quickly, and I could tell that it hurt her. By the words that I said. Here's the thing about God. God's not like us. He's perfect. He's patient with us. He doesn't overreact with us. He doesn't lash out at us. He's slow to anger. I think sometimes our view of God is he's quick to anger. Those of us that grew up in church, man, we, I grew up with this idea that God's just waiting for me to mess up so he can zap me. Get in a car wreck, well, you must be in sin. I've heard people say things like that. Well, you've got this going on in your life. Well, it's because you're sinning this morning. It's God judging you. I just want to remind you that the God of the Bible, although he is just and although there is judgment coming, when it comes to his children this morning, he is slow to anger. Man, that's awesome. Look at it. And I love this next one. It doesn't just say he's, got, he's going to show mercy. Notice the word here. He is plenteous in mercy carries the idea of showing mercy over and over and over again. Man, he shows us mercy daily. By the way, his mercies are new every morning. Listen, he shows us mercy over and over again. Just in case you, you, you don't have a reason to sing and a reason to worship yet, we're going to keep going through this text because there's a whole lot more. Look at it. Look at, look at verse 9. I love this. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. That means he's not always going to punish you. And even when he does get mad, he doesn't stay mad. He doesn't hold it against us. 
It's awesome. Look at verse 10. This is, this is unbelievable. If you write in your Bible, I'd underline this verse. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He's talking to his children. He's talking to us. What he's saying there, if we got what we deserved, guess what every one of us in here this morning, guess what we would get? Hell! But he doesn't deal with us that way. Man, he doesn't reward us that way. Look at verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. And I love verse 12. Another one you need to highlight. As far as the east is from the west, y'all see this? So hath he removed our transgressions from us. He's saying this, that sin, everybody right up here. And that sin that you're paying for in your mind over and over again, y'all listen to me because I know some of you do this. Some of us have sins that we've dealt with this week or 10 years ago. We messed up, we did something stupid, and every day it's haunting us in our heads. That's not God. Listen to me, that's not God this morning. That's the accuser of the brethren. That's either you or Satan this morning. When God sees you, if you're saved by the grace of God this morning, this verse means this, it's like it never existed that sin that you committed, it's like it never existed. Listen, when he sees you, he sees the perfect Lamb of God. The lamb, Is anybody awake in here this morning? He doesn't see your past sin. He doesn't see your present sin. And he doesn't see your future sin. So good. Look at verse 13. I love this one. Like, and by the way, it, it says he removed that transgression from us. It's not even there. <laughs> it's not on your account. Look at verse 13. Like as a father, and you got to love the King James here, pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Now that doesn't mean he feels sorry for you. Okay? Carries the idea of compassion. He has compassion for you. Man, that's awesome. Man, he, he has compassion for you. Those sins don't exist, and he has compassion for you. Look at verse 14. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field he flourish. For the wind passeth over it and is gone. And the place thereof shall be shall know it no more. Look at verse 17. I love this. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children. He says this, his mercy. Listen, it, it's not conditional. You understand that if you're saved, there's nothing you got to do to receive His mercy. You've already received it. We must live our lives not for acceptance, but out of acceptance. Man, the fact that He's given us mercy, the fact that He's covered our sin, the fact that our transgressions He doesn't see. Man, there's some awesome lessons in this, and this isn't in the outline. We're gonna, I'm going to give you three things here to take from these verses. But here's the thing. Man, I, I hope that as a church and as people, we can have that type of mind and heart towards others. You want to be Christ-like? Forgive somebody that doesn't deserve it. It's hard. It's hard for me. Man, that's what grace is, isn't it? Anybody, listen, anybody can forgive somebody and love somebody we don't like. I mean that we do like, right? It's when we don't like them when it's tough. I was reading my Bible this morning. Sometimes Bible reading will really mess with your head. <laughs> I was in Luke. I'm reading through the Gospels right now. And the verse I read this morning, this, I was like, God, why? Because he was dealing with me about something. And the verse I came across this morning, and this is just free of charge. We'll get back in the text in a second. But think about this. It said, love your enemies. Do good to them who despitefully use you. I was having a tough time with it, man. 
I was having a tough time with it this morning. Then I get to my text to review my message this morning, and I see mercy, loving kindness, grace, forgiveness. The most Christ-like thing that you and I can do isn't to stand on the street corner holding up a sign saying you go to hell if you don't believe and repent. The most Christ-like thing you and I can do, you know what it is, is to forgive somebody that does not deserve it. Man, that's tough. That's deep, and that's hard. That takes a spirit-filled person to forgive. But aren't you thankful this morning that our Father in heaven, man, he forgives us. Three things I want to look at from this this morning, just reminders that really encouraged me. I was hard on you last week, so I'm not going to be as hard. Well, this may be harder, actually. Sometimes it's in the grace and in the mercy where it gets really hard because his example is so hard to follow, isn't it? First, three things for us to be encouraged by this morning if you're saved. If you know the Lord this morning, three things. Number one is God loves his children. God loves his children. Say, Jake, what do you mean? Why why is that such a big deal? Because God loves you this morning. You may be here this morning and feel like God doesn't love you. Like you're not good enough. Like you're not, and listen, I know we're in church this morning. Some of us come in and we're like, man, we'll look around. And you've heard me say it before, we, we look around, we see people that really look like they got it together. And you sit in that chair this morning, and you feel like you don't. Man, can I just tell you God loves you this morning? He loves you personally this morning. We've got to be reminded of that sometimes. Man, he's a heavenly father that loves his children. Romans 8 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded, I love this, Paul saying, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I just want to tell you this morning, you can't separate yourself from His love. Nobody else can separate yourself from His love. Listen, He loves you unconditionally and holy and perfect this morning. And that's the encouragement we have as believers. Nothing can separate us. Now, in humanly speaking, slobbering all over myself this morning. Humanly speaking, our love is conditional. Somebody wrongs us. I don't love them anymore. Somebody does something that hurts us. And I get it, man. I've been hurt before. And it's hard to love someone that hurts you. But here's the good news about the gospel. Even when we hurt him, he still loves us. Man, that's heavy to think about. Man, think of those times in your life, and I have them, and maybe you haven't, but I've had times where I wasn't as close to the Lord as I should have been. Man, I've had some times where, man, I've tried to kind of do things on my own, kind of go my own way a little bit. And on earth, when we do that to somebody, when we separate from someone, Man, there's almost this critical eye that we view them from. There's this lens that we look at them through. Man, there's this thing that we, is everybody tracking me this morning? Here's the thing, God doesn't do that. Because the moment that we turn around, it's, by the way, it's not him that leaves us, it's us who leave him. The moment that we turn around, here's, aren't you, here's the good news. He ain't skeptical. Say, you know what? I just don't know if I can put myself out there again. Man, I I just don't know 
if I could be vulnerable like that. I just don't know. And listen, I'm not talking about toxic people. There's some toxic people you probably need to kick to the curb, okay? Is everybody talking to me this morning? Mean, just angry idiots. That's all I'm talking about. But many times there's people we just, listen, God doesn't do that with us. He loves us in spite of us this morning. I just want to remind you, you may be here this morning and feel that nobody loves you. There's people sitting in chairs this morning that have been, you've been rejected by a spouse. It's a hard thing to go through. Someone walked out on you that used those words, I love you. And they leave you for someone else. It's a heavy thing, isn't it? God is not like that. He loves you this morning. Listen, he's not going to walk away from you. There's nothing you can do to make him leave. There's nothing anyone else can, can do to make him leave. When you feel like nobody else in the world loves you, I just want to drive this home this morning. Because if you're a child of God, this is something we've got to get in our hearts and in our heads. It's a reason we can worship this morning. Listen, when, 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 when people that you love hurt you, God will never hurt you like that. Sometimes our view of God, because he's, we use the word Father, and He is our Heavenly Father, some of us didn't have the greatest fathers. So when we automatically think about that, we think about God as a dad, and He's not a good one because we only compare Him to the dad that we did have. He's not like an earthly dad. He's not, he's not going to disappoint you. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to turn His back on you. He loves you, and nothing can separate you from His love. How many of you believe that's... A good reason to sing and bless his holy name this morning. Number one, he loves me. And sometimes, is anybody else just unlovable sometimes? Huh? There's times where I know I'm unlovable. It's most of the time. Somebody help me this morning. Man, there's times I know I'm unlovable, but God loves me in spite of me. And that's the good news of the gospel. The second thing I want you to write down is this. God not only loves his children, but this one's so good. And you know this already, but it helps us. God forgives his children. God forgives his children. Two words that we find in this text over and over. The first one is this word merciful. Aren't you thankful he's merciful this morning? I think it's a word we use, and sometimes we don't realize what it means. It means this, he withholds punishment. He doesn't give us what we do deserve. By the way, sometimes a good parent will show mercy. Sometimes a good friend will show mercy. Sometimes a good uh, co-worker will show mercy. Let me give you a couple things just to think about this. Psalm 36, 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Lamentations 3.22, I quoted it already. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you thankful he shows us mercy? Simply means this. He doesn't give us that punishment that we do deserve. Some of us come into church and act like we've never received that mercy. It's been a long time since the song moved our heart. It's been a long time since the tears run down our face. That's the difference. And I'm, I'm not saying you've got to cry. I'm not saying you've got to shout. That's not what I'm saying. But if you understand the mercy of God this morning, something inside of you moves when you go into the presence of God. If you've experienced it. I think sometimes we just ain't experienced it. I think sometimes we think we're better than we really are. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we come in and we get cold and we get indifferent and we think everybody else needs mercy, but we don't. I'm here to report to you. The reason I lift my hands, the reason I clap, the reason I shout is because I deserve hell this morning, but in his grace and in his mercy, he loved me. Mercy's not giving us that, that what we do deserve. And he says this word too, gracious. He's grace, man, he's full of grace. You know what grace is? It's unmerited favor. He, he, not only does he not give us what we do deserve, he gives us what we do not deserve. My goodness. He gives us 
what we do not deserve. You ever think about this? You do not deserve to be born in the greatest country in the world while there's little kids across the, that will mock and will make fun of that. Listen, you had nothing to do with who you are. Somebody better say amen a little bit this morning. We're going to be in here for a while. Dude, it's by God's grace somebody shared the gospel with you and me. I don't deserve it. It's by grace that if you're sitting in this room, you're in the top 5% of the richest people in this world. Yet some of us this week complained. I did. Because we don't have enough. It's God's grace. And could you imagine, I just want to put this in perspective and we'll move on. Now, could you imagine, though, like being born? What if you was born in Iraq? Man, God's been so good to us, man. And I don't know why he chose us. And I don't know why he allowed us, but he did. And that's a reason we should praise him this morning. Hey, next time you walk in, next time you feel like staying home, I've been that way. Hey, next time you feel like quitting, next time you feel like not being in that class and serving, hey, next time you feel like not being in the choir, hey, is anybody awake in here this morning? Next time, Jake, you don't feel like preaching. Man, I've got to remember, it's been so good to me. I deserve hell. I deserve, man, I deserve that. Man, I don't deserve to be able to sit at a table this afternoon and eat and feast like we're going to eat and feast. I know, I mean, I'm just telling you, we forget His goodness and His grace. That's God's grace, guys. That's God's mercy in our lives. And that's why, you know, when we go to pray, I know it's a quick prayer before we eat, but it'd be good for some of us every once in a while just to step back for a minute and say, God, thank you for this food. Because there's people that ain't got it. There's people that don't have it this morning. Man, there's people that don't have the blessings that you and I have. Hey, there's people this morning, y'all listen to me. There's places this morning where people would give anything to have a copy of this book. But yet we've gotten so comfortable. We've gotten so used to it. We don't understand His mercy and His grace. And it's about time that some of us just step back for a minute and say, Oh God, bless your holy name because you love me. Oh my goodness, you love me unconditionally. And you've given me mercy and you've given me grace. Thirdly, I want you to know this this morning, and we're done. God is good to his children in every season. Hey, that valley that you're in, hey, we've got to learn how to praise him because he's good in the storm, and he's good in the valley. Man, I've had those moments where I've sat in the valley, and I didn't see God at work. Can I just tell you this morning, even when it seems like he's not at work, he is at work. Hey, even when it seems like he's not there, he is there. Hey, even when it seems, Brother Jason, like he doesn't love you, he does love you. Even when it seems like there is no mercy, there is mercy. Hey, it's not time to get Some of us need to understand that when we come into church and when we worship, hey, we ain't singing just to sing. And we're not, I'm not doing this just to do it. Hey, we do this this morning because He loves us and He's forgiven us. Oh my goodness. And He's always faithful and He's always good. That's why we do this this morning. Let me read a couple verses and we're done. Psalm 37, 25. I love this one. Testimony of an old man. I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. If you're God's children, you ain't starving this morning. He's provided every step of the way. Psalm 31, 19, O great, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Psalm 34, 8, I love this one. O taste and see. 
that the Lord is good. Can I just tell you, maybe this morning, the reason that we haven't, maybe the reason we ain't all in like we once were is because it's been a long time since we've just taken a big old bite of His goodness. You ever been in a season or been in a place, a restaurant you ain't been into a long time? And you used to love it, and you finally get back, or maybe you're back at Mama's and she makes that biscuits and gravy, praise God, that you hadn't had in years. And you didn't miss it until it was in front of you. When it got in front of you and you took a bite of it, oh man, tears started running down your eye. Why? Because you just tasted it. Some of us, it's been a long time since we've tasted His mercy and we've tasted His grace. And I just want to encourage you maybe just to step back and take a big old bite of it this morning and understand that His mercy is good. Man, His grace is beautiful. Man, taste and see this morning. He is so good to us. He loves you this morning. He loves you. He forgives you. He's good this morning, even in the valley. Man, He's good even in the hard times. He's good. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet this morning. The altar's open. If you need a place to pray, when we dismiss this morning, there'll be some counselors on the front row that love to take a Bible and pray with you, tell you more. Maybe you have some questions. They'd love to help you. As the piano plays this morning, let's make decisions for Christ. The altar's open.